Hi, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Roar Lions Radio. I'm your host, Bill DeFilippo, joined by my co-host, Nick Polak. Nick, what's going on? Hi. Um, not a lot. It's Rutgers week. Oh, it is Rutgers week. So that means we're going to have to do that thing where we like talk about Rutgers football and pretend that, one, we have watched any Rutgers football this year, or two, there's any like intrigue to this game because... Like, I don't want to say I feel confident because that's when you get bitten in the ass. That's when things like uh, the last Penn State Rutgers game in Piscataway happened where Penn State needed a late drive to beat Rutgers in just an ugly football game. Like, that's when those things happen. But if you're a Penn State fan, you have to feel good going into this one. Rutgers is bad by just about every single way of defining bad. Rutgers is bad. So we're going to talk about what Rutgers does poorly. I, really quick, I'd like to point out, I have watched four Rutgers games this year, actually. In, in Why would you do that to yourself? Um, I, I don't know. It's a good okay. question. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to talk about what Rutgers does well and poorly. We're going to talk about the matchup. And of course, we're going to spend some time uh, talking about this week's Big Ten slate. Uh, hopefully, Michigan State's able to give Penn State a little bit of help and go into Going to Columbia. Well, no, they host Ohio State, right? Or do they go to Ohio State? I think that one's in uh, East Lansing. It's in East Lansing. Tough place to play, I guess. All that. Michigan State is 3-7. and seven. Anyway, Kevin Fay is joining us on the podcast. Kevin, uh, we're doing a pod with you not from my basement, so how are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling confident about not being murder-killed uh, in your basement tonight. Um <laughs> I'm also we actually, watching. We actually action. already were murder killed. These are just our spirits. Yeah, this is our ghost. Uh, we actually already know what happens in the game, so it's not that big a deal. But uh, we'll talk about it anyway. Yeah, we'll just tell you. Take the over. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Rutgers two and eight on the year, own seven in the Big Ten. Uh, their last win came thirty-seven to twenty-eight over New Mexico back in September. They have played. A pretty tough schedule this year. First week of the year, they had to go to Washington, where they got waxed there. Had to go to Ohio State, got their asses kicked. Michigan at home, got their asses kicked. Went to Minnesota, lost a close one. Uh, Indiana, they lost a close one. Michigan State, they got the tar beaten out of them. And now they have to host Penn State in a game, Nick, that it's big for Penn State and that it's the latest game on the schedule And it's one of the two games that could potentially, one of the three games that could potentially decide whether Penn State makes it to the Big Ten championship game. But for the most part, I don't think any Penn State fan was going, oh, hell yeah, Rutgers, Rutgers. For Rutgers fans, this game, this and the Michigan game are really their two biggest games every single year. Yeah, I mean, if if you want to be kind of depressed for Rutgers, just go back and look at how many recruits they had visiting for the Michigan game. Oh, no. To see, to see a, um, what was it, 78-nothing uh, loss. What, wasn't, so, it, wasn't it like 200-something recruits? Yeah, it was like 100, it was at least like 100. Oh, no, that's we had, though. I think it was over 200, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Imagine going to that, watching that game, and then thinking, you know what? Rutgers. It's pretty funny looking at the quotes from kids afterwards. They're all like, yeah, the score line was disappointing, but the environment was good. Like, that's how <laughs> I imagine all of them saying it. Yeah, like, especially for the kids who are, like, really, 
that I don't even want to say really good that are like even being recruited by decent schools where there's something kind of like an environment. So imagine being a kid being recruited by Penn State and Rutgers or Michigan and Rutgers or Ohio State and Rutgers, and you take official visits to all four schools, and then imagine you know, you're just a decent human being and you kind of want to say, oh, yeah, Rutgers was a place. So good job, Rutgers, putting all your eggs into a really, really bad basket. But um, putting all the eggs into, eggs into a basket and then getting burnt is kind of the story of Rutgers football. So I think I might have something really funny to share here. Does it involve um, Rutgers? Yeah. Then yes, it's really oh, funny. Okay. All right. Well, I'm not... All right, so... If you've been following this site, you probably know the name Jonathan Lovett. Uh, he's currently uncommitted. He was committed to Rutgers. He's running back. Probably going to end up at Penn State. Um, I can't tell if he was at the Rutgers game where they lost to Michigan. Chances are he was because he was um, committed at the time. So chances are he was there. But if he was there, the, the three of his... The three visits he will have taken for games this year were to Rutgers to see them lose 28 nothing, to Penn State to see them beat Ohio State. Wait, who did and to Rutgers I- lose to 28 nothing? Or 78 nothing. Oh, yes, that's the same thing. Uh, to see them lose to Michigan 78 nothing, to see Penn State beat Ohio State, and to see Iowa beat Michigan. So how do you, I don't know how you go to those three games and walk away being Rutgers. Yeah, well. Yeah, there's I mean- a reason why he decommitted. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of the story of Rutgers football. Like, so what Nick and I try and do uh, for the preview podcast is we try and get someone who, you know, is a fan of the team, who covers the team, who in some capacity could speak with some level of certainty about the team. We just could not find anyone like that today. That's just Rutgers football. Like, it's a program that is trying to build something from essentially nothing and it's given and kevin like we'll go to you on it it's given chris ash maybe the toughest job in college football having to turn rutgers into a school that has more going for it than oh the first college football game was played here once Uh, first of all i think we would be doing our listeners a disservice if we didn't let them know that we did reach out to Rutgers Al and he was not available did not respond there's actually a possibility that he is deceased um Love you, Al. which yeah he really is one of the one of the true college football he, un- he understands gems. how dumb sports Titans. are and that we should have fun and for that reason i love him but yes continue yeah, no. um yeah chris ash has a near i i mean i don't want to call it impossible because rutgers has been in the national conversation before and actually within the past uh the past century but at the same time, their recruit base is all being poached by the likes of Notre Dame and Alabama. And probably the worst thing that could have happened to Rutgers this year was Penn State having the level of success that they had because they are now, uh, they now have even more leverage to just walk into New Jersey and steal their best recruits. Um, I, I can't remember what site put out uh, an analysis within the past year or so that said that no one team actually really dominates the state of New Jersey. I did and that. Was that you? Yeah. 
Awkward. Oh, man. Was was that when you said, I think My it was God. Notre Dame. Notre Dame's the one who got the most recruits, was it not? Yes. Yeah, I know that because I wrote it. Yeah. So now they just have another contender with Penn State coming in there because before they had a little bit of leverage in saying, oh, we're not sure that James Franklin's going to be there and they could take the negative recruiting way um, that everyone else in the Big Ten was allegedly uh, doing um, or even to the west of us. Uh, but now that whole thing, that whole shtick is gone and their new ho- their new coach head bu- or new head coach bump is is also gone. So it's going to be real real tough. Yeah, I mean, the one good thing that Rutgers really has going for it, well, two good things. One, Chris Ash is a young dude. He's an energetic dude. He's going to go out. He's going to grind. He's going to fight. He's going to do whatever he can to try and get talent into that program, which that is admirable. He deserves all the credit in the world for trying to do that. The other thing that Rutgers has going for it is that New Jersey is one of the most talent-rich states in college football. If Rutgers can get to the point where it can recruit its backyard, it's going to be a solid program. The issue is there is nothing to suggest that it's going to be able to walk into uh, an, an, you know, a high school and look a kid in the eyes and say, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, all these schools are looking at you, but you should stay at Rutgers because we're the local team that you probably didn't then grow up cheering for because it was Rutgers. Like, it's... It's hard, and I can't imagine that Rutgers is ever going to be in the place where I can maybe see it being the best team every now and then out of the Rutgers-Maryland-Indiana grouping, but I can't see it creep... Nick, I can't see it creeping into the level of Michigan-Ohio State-Penn State and when Michigan State figures all of its stuff out, Michigan State. Yeah, uh, I mean, I can't say it'll never happen because... I mean, it was a while ago and it was under a different coach, but Greg Schiano showed that with the right players, like things could happen. Granted, that wasn't in the Big Ten. That's when they were still in the Big East. But I mean, I don't know. I'll never I'll never say never, because even though they'll probably never dominate recruiting in New Jersey, they'll be able to pull their fair share of talented kids. And in a state like New Jersey, Normally, like the ninth, tenth, like tenth through fifteenth kids are typically better players than most states' tenth or fifteen kids. So they have a such a deep talent base to pull from that even if they don't get the top top kids, they'll still get some decently talented players. So I'm I'm I won't go as far to say it's impossible. I think Chris Ash has the capacity to be a good coach. I don't know if he'll be in Piscataway long enough to achieve that with Rutgers. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you that it, we likely won't see them do much of anything for a while, but I won't say never. I mean, I will, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Rutgers uh, on, on the year, like we said, two and eight, their wins this year have been a thrashing of Howard and a nine point win over New Mexico. Uh, that New Mexico game took place, uh, let's see, when was it? On September 17th. That was the last time that they won. It's been a really, really rough year for Rutgers. And what we like to do when we start this, like, you know, breaking the team down, is we like to talk about what does the team we're talking about do well. 
there aren't many things that Rutgers does well, but Nick, you said that you've been able to pick out a couple of things that Rutgers is not god-awful at, I think is the proper way yes. to put it. So what are those things? Yes, yeah, so I found a few things while perusing their uh, football study hall page that stood out as, hey, these aren't completely putrid. Um, one of them is what I am calling the, uh, we'll call it the Purdue factor, and that's that their fourth quarter defense is ranked 33rd in the country because they get to play all the backups at that point. So that's a positive. Um, their first down S&P Plus on defense is 47th. Not terrible. Granted, on second and third down, it jumps up to 118th and 110th, but we'll ignore that. But the some of the other... So when you look at more of this, their defensive rankings, they're actually not bad. So their standard down runs rate is ranked 14th in the country. Their passing downs run rate is... Re- passing downs run rate is the number 32 in the country but their passes defended to incompletions number one number one Hmm. rutgers number one in the country at something yeah i mean go rutgers is that what we're trying to get in here the caveat to all of this is that they are ranked in the 120s of multiple, multiple categories. Yes. So, oh my God, they're they're so bad. Yeah, I mean, during, can I share? Uh, can I share my favorite stat from this page though? Yeah, go ahead. So they, as we know by now, we've said it six times. They lost to Michigan 70 and nothing. The adjusted scoring margin for that game was okay. even worse. Hold on, 82 I'll be, point. I want to. I want to look. Already you. said it. Okay. Oh God. 82.2. Yeah, so um, it could have been worse, I guess. It um, could have been 4.2 points worse. Yeah, I mean, today uh, during uh, during media availability, really two dudes were singled out as being, uh, I believe the word they put was game wreckers. Uh, that's Darius Hamilton, a former five-star defensive lineman, really, really talented, Hasn't put up the numbers that you would probably expect out of him. Two and a half tackles for loss, half of a sack on the year. But still, a kind of guy who, when he gets going, he could take over a game. Uh, and Julian Penix Odrick, who uh, you, that last name is probably familiar because he is the, I believe, is the half brother of former Penn State stud defensive lineman uh, Derek Wake. So, uh, yeah, he's good at getting into backfields. Wait, yeah. what? That was not the direction I thought you were going to go with that one. Yeah, yeah sorry. Wait, wait, wait. His last name's Audric, and you're like, and he's the brother of Derek Wayne. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, ha- I had to do that. Uh, obviously, it is Jared, Jared Audric. I just wanted to see if Nick was if Nick was going to call me out on that. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it, my God. It, it wasn't that funny, Nick. Uh, but no, yeah. it really was, though. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, thank you, I guess. Oh, uh, but yeah, other than that... Uh, Kevin, we're going to give you the easiest job that we have ever given anyone in this podcast. And I want you to say what Rutgers is bad at. So please, Everything. The floor is, there we go. I was going to say the four is yours, but you, uh, no, there. So I even found some things when I was trying to look for good things that they were good at, that I thought that they were going to be potentially good at, because I mean, when you're bad, usually there's certain things that 
it te- you tend to be at least in the higher end of the con- aspect or spectrum uh, of the country and like hey are are they maybe good at punting they seem to have a lot of practice at it their punt success rate is 127th in the nation <sighs> uh and i was like okay well uh maybe they're good at kick returns they have to return a lot of kicks they're 111th in the country in kick return success rate they're just honestly just real real bad at everything um they can't run they can't really pass tackling's optional um it's just not not good i yeah. i probably should have counted up before we went live how many statistical categories they're ranked below 100 in and my guess is the number is higher than 10 yeah oh god yeah absolutely significantly yeah and of course uh any issues that Rutgers has in the return game is uh, it gets the caveat of they would be much better if Janarian Grant wasn't hurt because Janarian Grant is awesome, but he's out for the year. Uh, so it uh, looks like Justin Goodwin and Jawan Harris have stepped in for him. Uh, Goodwin on kick returns is averaging 19 yards per kick. Um, just kneel it, bud. Just yeah, kneel it. which like you are statistically, it is smarter for you to just take the knee. Neither here nor there. That probably means he's going to break one against Penn State. And then uh, Jawan Harris, their punt returner, his averaging 3.3 yards per return, which is ridiculous. Uh, let me just look uh, one thing up. Do, do, do. Just want to see you... when Janarian Grant was ruled out for the year. Uh, so end of September, Grant was ruled out for the year. So Harris has been the team's punt returner. Since the end of September, he has played in one, two, three, four, six games. He has been the team's punt returner. He has gotten the chance to field, um, if my math is correct, 19 punts in six games, which means Rutgers is forcing uh, three punts a game. Uh, they're very bad at just about everything. And I mean, if you take the uh, if you take the Calvin Lowry approach, I think it was him who was quoted uh, way back when he was in college returning punts for who knows what reason. Um, he said, "If I can get the offense five yards closer, then that's five less yards than they have to go." <laughs> and my hand has never gone to my face faster than when I heard that quote. <laughs> That's not real. It's real. I do not believe that. That quote is never going to leave me. It haunts me to this day. <laughs> I mean, Gerald Hodges probably had a better uh, approach to returning punts than that one. So Probably. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's what Rutgers is bad at, everything, what they're good at, basically nothing. Uh, so let's just talk about how Penn State matches up. I, I, I think going into this game, we all agree that this is about as good good of a matchup for Penn State as it can have. Rutgers is just, again, not really good at basically anything. Like, they can run the ball a little bit, but they're not great at it. They're bad at stopping teams from running on them. They can't throw. You can throw on them. Uh, Kevin, this is just kind of setting up for Penn State as long as nothing fluky happens. This is seems like it's sending up for Penn State to really just unload on a bad team and pad its stats a little bit as it's trying to make an impression on the committee. So there's a there's a couple of statistics that 
um, I want us to pay attention to in this, and that is last year um, with quite possibly the second worst Penn State offense that they've had. No, probably third. Uh, early 2000s was pretty bad. Um, they rushed for 330 yards on Rutgers last year. Um, and that was with last year's offensive line. This year's offensive line, if the reports of Connor McGovern practicing uh, tonight are true, uh, then that is that means that this offensive line is vastly better than last year's, and they should probably see similar, if not better, results. There's no reason really for Penn State to throw the ball too much, as much as I would like them to and put up 78 points. But um, really, I think we're going to see a lot of Saquon Barkley and hopefully a lot of Miles Sanders uh, so he can start uh, putting his talents in, in game time speed. And that's really going to be the story of Saturday night. I'm really, really hoping um, that we see a lot of the backups. Nobody gets hurt. Um, that type of game. Um, defensively, it's really uh, it's really about just putting them behind the sticks, which is really, really, really generic of me to say. But if you, if Maryland's playing behind the sticks and they have to throw the ball, then it's going to be a pretty easy night defensively as well. Yeah. Just pin their ears back and rush the quarterback. Same for when they're playing Rutgers. Um, yeah, I mean Rutgers really only has one dude on offense who gives me any amount of pause. Uh, that's junior running back Robert Martin, who I think is pretty good. Uh, on the year, he's averaging 5.2 yards per carry, and he has scored one more touchdown than I have. So, uh, again, Nick, like, I don't like doing the, uh, you know, we're just going to, Penn State's just going to walk in and wax them and blah, 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 win a big game, all that. Because it just doesn't, like, like, we just should not ever do that as fans. We should not let our guard down because that's when bad things end up happening. But it's really hard to go into this game thinking anything other than, you know what, I think Penn State's going to just wipe them out. Yeah, I mean, Rutgers is really, really bad. And you'll hear that continuously all week. And to the point where it'll probably be like, all right, well, they can't be, they can't really be that bad. No, they, they really are. They're a horrific football team. They, they're, they're, they're bad. Okay. They don't, they don't have a lot of hope here. Yeah. So Nick, instead of just asking why they're bad, just really quickly, are there any reasons for concern in your eyes in this game? The only reasons for concern, in my opinion, are external things. Um, not necessarily anything about this football team itself, but the fact that it's their last home game of the season, the fact that it's a night game, the fact that, I mean, I guess <clears throat> at this point in the year, maybe Rutgers fans are kind of looking at the Maryland game as, hey, like if Maryland loses this week, then we have a chance to keep them out of a bowl so that might be kind of like a mini super bowl in and of itself but i mean this this game if they win it keeps penn state out of the big 10 championship game potentially so yeah but all in terms of more a more realistic goal beating maryland is surely that but um yeah beating penn state i mean this is this is Rutgers super bowl at this point the night game against penn state eight o'clock start time middle of november uh penn state in route right now to a Big Ten championship if everything plays out the way it seems like it's going to play out. Well, a big, the Big Ten championship game, excuse me. But 
that that's kind of the only thing that worries me. And we saw, obviously, the circumstances were vastly different, but we saw Penn State come to Rutgers two years ago, and it took five Gary Nova interceptions for the Nittany Lions to walk away with a victory. Again, completely different team, but that Rutgers team was also not very good. So there is a little bit of precedent for the Scarlet Knights being able to get up for this game. I don't really expect that to happen on Saturday, but it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. I mean, we, for all the, uh, for all the flack that everyone gave him and rightfully so, uh, Kyle flood was not a bad football coach. He knew how to put together a strategy to have his team compete. Uh, they wouldn't always win, but they would, you know, they'd be in some games. I mean, they went nine and four, six, seven and eight and five in his first three years. So he obviously knew what he was doing. He left Rutgers with a winning record. So that team knew what it had to do to get up. Of course, I think it's probably fair to have some concerns about whether the team will have that same mindset and whether the coaching staff can put together a scheme to get them in that situation because, you know, Chris Ash has had a few other opportunities to do that and just hasn't. Uh, So, yeah, like, really the only reason for concern that I can think of is that, you know, the offensive line considers to – and continues to uh, just cannibalize itself with injuries and fluky things happening. And, you know, the doomsday scenario is Sterling Jenkins has to go in, he's not quite ready. And Will Fries has to go in, and he's not quite ready. And maybe even a guy like Michael Mennett has to go in, and he's not ready. Hopefully none of those things happen. I think as long as the offensive line stays healthy, Penn State probably wins this game. Uh, I'm going to say with some ki- some level of uh, comfort Penn State is able to win. I think something like 38-10 to 10 sounds about right, and Rutgers gets those 10 like, late in the game against Penn State's second-string defense, all that. Uh, Kevin, for a scored prediction, what are you thinking on this one? Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to just remind all of our loyal listeners that uh, that same Rutgers team that was really bad a couple of years ago uh, beat Michigan. Um, but moving on my <laughs> score prediction, um, you guys will find this out later on in the week when we do our, our Rutgers round table. Uh, my score prediction is going to be at 52 to six. Uh, I think that although Franklin is really tuning out all of the external noise, he knows that it, there is a very outside chance that Penn state could make the playoff. And there are people that he has to impress and he's not going to say that to his team. I don't think, but if he gets a chance to run up the score, I think he probably will. Yeah. Um, I, he knows that this late in the year, style points are pretty important. Yeah, and I and I I think we will see a lot of uh, a lot of Tommy Stevens this week, but I don't think that's going to mean a toned down offense whenever he does come into the game. Interesting. It'll be much like the Purdue game. Yeah. No. When Tommy's in there, they're in there to score. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nick, what do you think? Uh, so I said for our uh, score predictions for the set, I said 39 to 10. So basically the same score as you, Bill. But um, yeah, I <clears throat> well, I agree that if they get the chance to run up the score, I think they will. But I don't know with the state of the offense, with the uncertainty of the offensive line right now, I don't quite see another 50 point performance per se. I could see him getting up into the 40s, but 
I'm gonna play it safe and go with 39. I, I was gonna, to I was gonna, I was gonna be in that kind of realm earlier in the week, but then I thought there was a very, there was a very specific point in time. I think I even tweeted about it earlier this or during the game where I was like, I looked up and I was like, how the hell does Penn State have 28 points right now? They've played like garbage, and if they can do that against an Indiana team, yeah, they put up 45 points. The last one was kind of it was a defensive score, but if they can put up 38 points against Illa, an, uh, not an Illinois, but an Indiana team. Uh, that played them very, very tough, then I think they can, and with the offensive line that they had last week, I think they can go into Rutgers pretty confident this weekend. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So I, like, usually I like when we sit down and we really talk about all this stuff. I have nothing else that I really want to say about this football game. Uh, according to fo- Football Outsiders, um, I have football study hall, apologies, uh, S&P Plus. Rutgers' win probability for this game is 2%. Uh, Penn State's projected score, the projected score is basically 43-9. to nine. So they're expecting this uh, to be a blowout. Uh, as for uh, Vegas, what it thinks, I'm pulling that up right now, unless Nick has it. Nick, do you have it by chance? No, I... Since you said it, I've been researching Penix Audric, and you were did. I'm I'm you know he's actually Jared Jared Audric. Yes, I mentioned that. Okay, I I didn't. I I missed that. (laughs) I was, and we've come full circle. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, for the spread in this one, Penn State's a 28 point favorite, and the over under is about 57, 57 and a half. Uh, Nick, what do you when you hear those numbers? What do you think? Um, uh, I'm. I mean, if I'm sticking true to my prediction, then I'd say the under. Um, and I would take. I guess I would take Rutgers with. Wait, I said thirty-nine to ten. Yes, so I'd take. Wait, under on thir- fifty-seven. Yeah, I take State under on covering. fifty-seven, and I would take Penn State covering just barely. Yeah, I have thirty-eight ten, so I have under and a push. Uh, Kevin, what do you have? Um, I think the only reason why I think it's possible for it still be to un- the under with my score prediction is because Rutgers getting in the way of themselves. Um, but I, I, I'm probably going to lean over um, and Penn State to cover. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, that's it for this game. Uh, hopefully the next time we talk about it, we're just doing a lot of giggling because Penn State kicked the hell out of them and Indiana and Michigan State both got the job done. And on that note, let's get into this week's Big Ten slate. First game on the uh, schedule. Nick, do you have like the ESPN page pulled up where it also has how many tickets yep. are available? You do. Kevin, do you? Yep. You do. So we're so instead of saying, I'm trying to have you guys guess how much the cheapest tickets are for this game, I will just say that for Ohio State's trip to Michigan State, noon kick on ESPN, the cheapest ticket you can get is $13 which is ridiculous. Oh, man, it went down. It was 14 on my page. I need to come over to your house and start buying. Yeah, I've got 14. <laughs> I got 13. You. Let me hit refresh. You got those You got those Pennsylvania prices. We're down here in Nova getting just yeah. screwed. It's, thir- it's, it's 13, like, baby. It's like that. I for- what game was it last week where we were – I forget who – or a couple weeks ago where I was looking at the tickets available and I refreshed and the number of tickets available actually increased. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wish I remembered what game that was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to hit refresh one more time, see what happens. Oh, my God. It just went from 5,059 tweets to 5,064. Uh, tickets. Sorry, not tweets. Tickets. Tweets. tickets. Always thinking about the tweets. Uh, now it just went back down to 5,059 again. And hitting refresh again. Uh, come on. Come on. I think on. we should just do this for the next hour. Still 5,059. Yeah. No, so let's ESPN talk about is this. drunk. Yeah, let's, let's talk about this game. Uh, Nick, coming into the year... There were some people who viewed this as maybe being a potential Big Ten East uh, championship game. Or, you know, maybe Ohio State, like looking ahead to Michigan, drops this one. Or maybe Michigan State on week 10 in a row playing football just isn't able to get up for this game. Now it's at the point where Ohio State is playing better football than basically anyone other than Alabama and maybe USC right now. And Michigan State is just a disaster. Like, what? Like, how disappointed are you that we're not able to get up for this game the way that we have in the past? Uh, I am disappointed, but do you know the last time when the last time was that Ohio State, uh, while ranked in the top five, beat Michigan State? Ohio State ranked in the top five beat Michigan State. I will say 2012. They haven't done it since 1973. No way. Is that good? That's incredible. So there's a little bit of precedent here for Michigan State putting up a fight. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't think that'll happen. I Michigan State's not a good team despite their shellacking of Rutgers, but I mean, it's not impossible. I no, I mean, I completely agree. Like Michigan State's a team that's going to go out and fight. So I don't think they're good enough to beat Ohio State, but I think they are proud enough to go into this game and try and take care of business and not get embarrassed. So I don't think this game ends with like Ohio State winning 55 to 10 or something like that. I could see it feeling like one of those games, but and Kevin, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I can imagine the final score being like 34 to 24 or something like that because Michigan State just keeps hanging around. No, I could definitely see that. They showed uh, they showed at least during the Michigan game that even in the best of the country, they can they can at least hang around and be competitive, um, which actually kind of scares me a little bit for next weekend. Now that I'm thinking yeah. about it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but but uh, I, I definitely think that they they have the talent, they have the coaching to hang around. If they're actually going to be in this game with a position to win it, uh, they're going to have to do the exact thing that Penn State did, which is shut down JT Barrett or at least contain him. Uh, you don't really shut him down. Um, minimize turnovers. Uh, when they turn the ball over, they lose to teams like Illinois uh, and and play uh, and and play good special teams. Uh, you're going to have to flip fields. You're going to have to play the field position game. Classic grind it out Michigan State Ohio State game. Uh, that's how they can at least be competitive or at least be in a position yeah. to win. Yeah, Nick, Michigan State is not going to a bowl, but it can ruin two seasons back to back. Like, how, how scared do you think Ohio? 
Penn State fans should be next week, and how scared do you think Ohio State fans should be this week? Um, I think Penn State fans should be less afraid than Ohio State fans, just because when Penn State plays Michigan State, it'll be in Happy Valley. It'll be after Michigan State had to play Ohio State. So there'll be a few things working in Penn State's favor, aside from the fact that Michigan State isn't very good. But even if I'm Ohio State, I'm not particularly worried. I know the history is, um, and real quick, just if you're curious, the last four times they've played when uh, Ohio State was in the top five, uh, 2015, Ohio State was number three, Michigan State was nine, Michigan State won. 2013, Ohio State was number two, Michigan State was number 10, Michigan State won. 1998, Ohio State was number one, Michigan State was not ranked, Michigan State won. 1974, Ohio State was number one. Michigan State was not ranked. Michigan State won. And then in 1973, when Ohio State was number one, they actually were able to beat Michigan State while they were unranked. Interesting. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, I'm. despite what we've said, I would not be terribly worried if I was Ohio State. They're a much, much better team than this Michigan State team. And although I'm sure the Spartans will be jacked up for the start of it, it'll be their senior day and all that stuff, but... They're they're just not a very good team, and Ohio State's playing at a really high level right now. Yeah. Uh, like the fact that Michigan State could potentially plays spoiler is, is something that I think should worry uh, Ohio State fans, and something that I think should worry Penn State fans. But yeah, I mean it's it's hard to see them winning this game. Um, spe- speaking of games where something may be difficult about it, it's going to be very difficult to watch Iowa go to Illinois. On BTN, it's a noon kick. 1,721 tickets available from $9 pre-refresh. Post-refresh, it is the same. So, um, I don't care at all about this game. I think Illinois is really bad. Like, just a special kind of bad that if Rutgers wasn't in this conference, we'd kind of have our mouths agape at how bad this team is. Uh, and Iowa, coming off of a big win, uh, have to go on the road to Champaign. Uh, Nick, I don't think Illinois wins this game, but like this is if you made up a co- fake college football scenario where a team goes from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, this is it. Yeah, if I was Iowa, I'd I'd be worried about this game if it was against like. Uh, a Northwestern or an Indiana or Minnesota or something like that. I was going like to say Northwestern. That. This is a game where Northwestern would win it and win it ugly and would make all the fans of for Iowa feel bad. So, yeah, this Northwestern is where Pat already Fitzgerald made Iowa feel bad this year. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, this the game still won't be pretty. I'd expect Iowa to win like seventeen thirteen or something like that. Yeah, I mean. Kevin, do you have any hot takes on this one? Or um, it's just funny that as bad as Illinois is, Illinois is, they still beat Michigan State. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be clear, though, we're all rooting for Iowa because the better Iowa is, the better our win over them looks. So, oh yeah, awesome. exactly. I mean, I was the idiot last week in our uh, in our national game preview who said who put the Wisconsin Illinois game in there because I had a weird feeling about it, and the weird feeling ended up being Illinois just getting crushed. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, man, I, I don't care about this game. Let's move on. Uh, Maryland, let's go to Nebraska. Uh, noon kick on ESPN News, which I don't. Is there 
Kevin, is there anything more disrespectful in sports than finding out that you're playing on national television, that national Wait. television is ESPN News? I, I, I think I think back when they used to run a game on ESPN Classic every once in a while, that's about that level of disrespect. Uh, well, no, because yes, no. ESPN if you play on Classic, you can run it off as like this is going to be an instant classic. Oh no, like ESPN Classic, like that that shows sports. You know, ESPN News is just supposed to be twenty four hours of Sports Center <laughs> that is like on in the dentist's office. You know, so like. I can't like imagine everyone in the in Nebraska's like in that locker room. Mike Riley walks into, "Hey guys, I have good news. We're on national television this year," and everyone just starts cheering. But there's one player who notices that he doesn't look all that happy, and he goes, "Coach, what's wrong?" And he goes, "It's ESPN News," and it just like takes the air out of the entire locker room. Like, I imagine that is what happens when you're finding out you're playing a football game on ESPN News. Anyway, Kevin, I think this is going to be a blowout. Nebraska is going to win by a lot, and there's not much we can say about it. I mean, you could say that, but I think Nebraska is probably not really as good as we all thought they were. And Maryland obviously isn't as good as their record indicated early in the season. But, I mean, there are kind of alternate universe scenarios where this could play out and Maryland could maybe be competitive for a while. I guess. I mean, Nebraska isn't outstanding at stopping teams from running the football, and that's the bread and butter, butter for uh, Maryland. But yeah, Nick, like, I, I think Maryland could keep it somewhat close. I think they, I'll say like 37 final Nebraska. See, I'm at kind of that point with Maryland where I was really worried about them earlier this year. Uh, and then they started playing teams that aren't Howard, Central Florida, Florida International, and Purdue. Um, and here's what their win expectancy has been in the five games they've lost this year, all Big Ten games. They've lost every Big Ten game they've played except for Purdue and Michigan State. And that would be Penn State, 0%, Minnesota, 4%, Indiana, 6%, Michigan, 0%, Ohio State, 0%. Now that they're playing teams that have a pulse, they're just not very good. And I can imagine that being the case on Saturday. Um, let's see. Tickets, 2385 from $37. And, oh, there are two more tickets available now. And the lowest is still $37. Um, oh, God, it's time to talk about Purdue. Nick, get the, get the, get the noise up. Oh. Damn it, I wasn't ready. How do, how do you not be ready for this? Like He wasn't ready. Just like <laughs> just like Nick, I'm gonna finish the sentence and then you're gonna play the little noise, okay? Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Just like no one's ready for Purdue head coach Pat Narduzzi. <laughs> God, that was the dumbest thing we have ever done on this podcast. Anyway, uh, yeah. I can I continue to do it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. I love it a lot. But, but yeah, uh, Wisconsin goes to Purdue. Uh, and here's the thing about Purdue. They can maybe do a couple of things on – they can't do anything on defense. Their defense is incredibly bad. Their offense is also pretty bad, but it, like, has its moments. Um, it's not going to have any moments against Wisconsin's defense, Nick. 
No, it's not. But in two years, Purdue is going to be last year's Indiana. Ooh. What what makes Dave. you say that? Because I like David Blau a lot, and I think that their offense could be pretty entertaining if he gets the chance to develop and they put some playmakers around. Um, playmakers by Purdue standards doesn't have to be anything crazy, but yeah. um, their defense will always be bad. But I think their offense could be pretty good in a few years. Yeah. Well, do you I, think uh, do you think Pat Narduzzi's offensive style is going to mesh well in Purdue? Well, see, that's the thing. I think Pat Narduzzi's defensive schemes are going to be great for Purdue. I just don't think they'll have the athletes. Um, but, you know, with a coach that great and with such a foregone conclusion as it is that he's going to be there, that, um, I don't know, things could happen for Purdue under yeah. Pat Narduzzi. I mean, he could be successful yeah. if Matt Canada follows him there. Pat Narduzzi's ah, defensive just... scheme of we're going to let teams throw the ball like crazy against us to the tune of 104th of the nation in passing success rate and 107th in passing ISO PPP. Well, Bill, you know, it takes a few years to get the schemes established. Luckily, Narduzzi, we've been hearing he's in line for like a, a nine or 12 year contract. So, I mean, they'll have time to kind of get things established. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of T, hold, hold on. Let me make sure I can pull this one off. Give me a second. Uh, yeah. Speaking of teams that are going to win nine games, Michigan hosting Indiana this week. Uh, it's in Ann Arbor. It's on ESPN. It's a 3:30 kick. Uh, Wait, Michigan's playing a home game? Yeah, yeah. No I mean, way. It, it's weird. Like Jim Harbaugh's frequent flyer miles this year have gone up so dramatically that, um, yeah. Let's actually look at how many home games Michigan has played this I think, year. I think it's eight. Let's see. Yeah, I'm pretty sure their only road games have been Rutgers, Michigan State, um, and Iowa, Iowa. And Ohio State. Michigan State. And oh, then, they yeah. went to Michigan State. You're right. Yeah. Which, I mean, let's face it, that's a home game. Uh, but, yeah, then they have to go to Ohio State to end the year. But, like, I don't know what happened with the schedule makers this year, but they got very lucky. They're playing everyone at home, including Nick. This week, uh, an interesting Indiana team that I don't think is going to win this game. I think that Indiana can maybe do some stuff defensively, especially if – uh, John O'Corn is starting at quarterback for the Wolverines, which I think he probably is going to end up doing. And Jim Harbaugh just likes messing with the media. And then on offense, I can't imagine um, um, Richard Wago doing all that much. But yeah, I mean, I think it's this game... time for chaos team to strike. Oh, that would be so good. I need this. We it's all happening. need this. It's happening. Crimson Quarry Bros, if you're listening to this, whatever you need to do to inspire your team for this game, I beg you, please, please, please do it. Because the college football world needs nothing more than it needs Indiana to go into Ann Arbor and stun Michigan before Michigan goes to Ohio State, loses, and ends the year 9-3. and three. That would be so good. Uh yeah, Kevin, what do you think of this one? Um, I talked about it a little bit today, and this is more of my wishful thinking really brewing up than it is what reality is going to be. And I was like, okay, well, if they start John O'Corn, maybe they'll kind of dial back their game plan a bit, be a little vanilla. 
because they don't want to show what John O'Corn can really do before they head into Ohio State. And maybe it'll let Indiana hang around long enough to they get a little confidence. And then before Michigan can really adjust, Indiana is leading by 10 in the fourth quarter and they pull off a three-point upset. But that's just me being an idiot, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Um, I really <laughs> glad want, you agree. I really want Indiana to win this game. Um, I don't see how it happens, um, but I hope it does. If that makes sense, like I can't really see a scenario in which Indiana manages to win this one. Uh, but I'm going to be rooting for it. I hope that this ends up like 41-24 Hoosiers, like. Their defense just starts locking down a Michigan offense that I don't think is all that great. Their offense becomes the Indiana offense of old and is just able to hang points on anyone. And we just have a good time. We just have a good time. Uh, a real good time. And now in the exact opposite of good times, Northwestern goes to Minnesota. Um, I don't care about this game. I don't care about these teams. I guess Minnesota winning is good for Penn State. They've been a perfectly solid team, and one of those teams that Penn State fans can kind of hang its hat on when it says, hey, who is Penn State beating this year other than Ohio State? Northwestern, there was a time where it looked like they figured it out, and then there was another time where it didn't look like they figured it out. Now they're back into, hey, we're maybe not all that good. So, uh, Kevin, do you have anything? Do you think a single thing about this football game? Uh, I think if there's an option for this game to be played in like black and white, I think that would be probably the way to go. This would be good. Because... This would be a really good ESPN news game. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Big Ten Network, bless their hearts for airing it, but man, this is going to be real rough to watch. Oh um, no, Minnesota. You know I, oh no. Do you know what I just realized? What? There is a not zero chance that this like bleeds into the Penn State game a little bit. If it becomes like just a gross, ugly game where both teams feel like they need to try and throw the ball and it goes into overtime, I can absolutely see it going long enough that like we miss two snaps of the Penn State game. Oh, God. Based, go. based on the stat we learned earlier today where Mitch Leidner hasn't thrown a, a touchdown pass against the football team since uh, the Penn State game, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, my God. Todd McShay needs to be alerted about this immediately. No, that uh, I'm sorry. I, I mispronounced it. First-round quarterback, Mitch Leidner. Yeah, you, that, that part's silent. It's some, a lot of people miss it. Hey, yeah, it, it, give me a second. I like to enunciate when I'm on podcasts. Hey, yeah, Dallas Cowboys important. fan Kevin, do you remember when Mitch Leidner was mocked to the Cowboys earlier this year? Um, I don't remember that because apparently that was a really dark time in my life. Well, I mean, y'all are what eight and one, and Dak is the second coming of Jesus. So whatever. He's like tall Russell Wilson. Oh God, but no! Why'd worse. you have to say that? Why'd you have to say that? God damn it! Uh, please, <laughs> okay. please get back on track. Seahawks get back on track. Will, Seahawks will beat him in the playoffs. It's get, a, get back yeah. on track. Get back on track. No Seahawks. Um, Nick, talk about this game in any capacity. No, I don't want to. Okay. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you guys want to talk about anything else? Um, hold on, hold on. Give me a second. We can talk about Dana Holgerson's hair and how it has to play Oklahoma. Ooh, yeah. I was actually, 
uh, prior to uh, hold on, uh, Bob Stitt just tweeted, "I will put two and will call under your name." Ooh, Bob Stitt. He doesn't. Is that intended for me? Oh, I, I, think I, I me. don't know, but I just you know you know I retweeted it because I love me some Bob Stitt. Uh, but yeah, this is actually going to be awesome. Um, I was supposed to head down to Morgantown this weekend. Uh, a couple things popped up, so I'm not able to. But that game is going to rule. And it also is a game that has, like, Penn State fans really need to pay attention to because the Big 12 is kind of just lurking right now in the playoff discussion. And if Oklahoma is able to win out or if West Virginia is able to win out, both of them are going to have pretty good resumes and could, like, I have a little bit of fear that either team, Nick, would be able to jump over Penn State in a potential playoff situation. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, th- I think by the way the rankings came out this week with Oklahoma being behind Penn State, and the fact that if they're in that position, Penn State will have had to had to have beaten number seven Wisconsin at that point. I am feeling pretty confident at this point that if Penn State wins out, goes to the Big Ten Championship, wins that, I think they'd still stay ahead of a possible Big 12 champion in Oklahoma. Um, it's a little too early to say exactly, but... I, I don't know. I think the rankings this week, and I know they kind of, I know the rankings from a previous week aren't used as terminates for the next week, but that kind of said something to me personally. Yeah, I think so. Like, I, I've been saying that uh, Penn State fans should be kind of worried about Oklahoma. That's a really good football team that came into this year with expectations that it could compete for a national title. It kind of hit a rough spot earlier in the season, but they've really rounded into form lately. And Kevin, like the thing that could potentially boost them over a Penn State or a Wisconsin, you know, one of these two loss Big Ten teams that may not be as good as Ohio State or Michigan, but could potentially win the conference, is beat going to Morgantown and beating a team like West Virginia at night. Um, well, of the two teams, Oklahoma is the one to worry about West Virginia, their best win coming into this weekend is a super mediocre TCO team. And they've struggled against, uh, teams with a pulse. I just love Dana Holgerson. If we're just being honest, um, Oklahoma, if they went out here in the next couple weeks, uh, that means that they have, uh, they have wins over, uh, West Virginia, uh, and a, a rising Oklahoma State team in back-to-back weeks. And Baylor. Uh, Don't lo- Baylor. Uh, yeah. Uh, and their losses are to, to Houston and Ohio State. So those uh, Houston's 8-2. and two. They have a chance to uh, shock the world and beat Louisville on Thursday night. Uh, and that's actually another game I'm very intrigued about because their run defense is excellent. And if they can contain Lamar Jackson, then that could be good for Penn State. That's yes. not the point, though. Uh, and then uh, their their loss was to an Ohio State team that Penn State beat at home. Uh, but I mean, the the Big Twelve as a whole is pretty down. Uh, their their best win after that is probably Baylor, um, which would be probably a comparison win to maybe a Minnesota, even though Minnesota is way less attractive than Baylor is. Yeah. Um, so I would be a little bit concerned, but 
Penn State will be coming fresh off a win against Wisconsin in that scenario, and uh, it, it would be it would be tough to to leave Penn State out in that scenario because Wisconsin, or even Wisconsin, because of Wisconsin's schedule. Wisconsin's schedule, as we've noted, uh, probably on the podcast before, but definitely on the site, has been absolutely absurd. Um, it's got to be one of the one of the most difficult. Uh, schedules in the country so i'd have a tough time seeing them jump wisconsin you could make a case for them jumping penn state it would depend on how those last games shook out if they're close ones for oklahoma then maybe not if they're blowouts for oklahoma then i can see you making a case for them to jump penn state the uh the other really big game uh that penn state fans probably need to care about is wazoo going to colorado uh nick i'll let you talk about this one since you're a wazoo fan uh i I, I just I don't want to play Wazoo in a bowl game. That's all I have to say. I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the last thing that I love about this week is it's the best week of the college football season. It's SEC bye week where a bunch of SEC teams schedule games against a bunch of really uh, bad opponents from out of conference that are in, like, Super low-level FBS conferences or FCS conferences going down to the be, schedule. To be fair, Penn State is playing Rutgers. Yeah, well, at least oh. that's in the conference. You also kind of ruined a joke I was going to make, so thanks, Nick. Uh, going down, Georgia hosts Louisiana. Oh, these are also all at home, obviously. Georgia hosts Louisiana Lafayette. Texas A&M hosts Texas San Antonio. South Carolina hosts Western Carolina. Kentucky hosts Austin P. And, of course, my favorite, Alabama hosts Chattanooga, and Auburn hosts Alabama A&M. Also, Vanderbilt hosts Ole Miss, which at this point is essentially Vanderbilt hosting an FCS team. So, uh, Nick, how much time are you going to spend watching SEC games this weekend? Zero, but I do oh, want to say that's not on. true. Come that's not true. Florida on. plays LSU. Yeah, well, that game is going to oh, suck. Oh, yeah. That game is going to suck. And um, it's the Purdue quarterback I, I, bowl thing, so. I wanted to ask if you remember, I think it was last year. I don't remember who they were playing, but whoever Alabama was going up against um, during this, like, essentially bye week, they were either, I think they were the number four team at the uh, FCS level. Like, Was it like South Alabama? Their, that sounds right. I don't think so. In their rankings. But on, like, they played on the SEC network, I'm pretty sure, and in the little, uh, like, the score box in the corner, they actually put a four next to South Alabama, <laughs> whoever it was, to make it look like a more legitimate game. And it was hilarious. They're going to put a 13 next to Chattanooga. They're ranked. They were 8-1 eight and, eight <laughs> and one going into last week, and they lost to Wofford. Wofford, whatever, however Wofford. you say that school's name. Wofford. Wofford's now ranked, too. So, I mean, Chattanooga is battle-tested. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's going to be a good weekend. I think like I think this is one of those college football weekends where the undercard kind of sucks a little bit, um, but everything is going to kind of be uh, carried by the fact that West Virginia Oklahoma game is going to be real good, and Penn State should 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 kick the hell out of uh, Rutgers. Also, Western Michigan got game day, which good for Western Michigan. Getting game day doesn't mean anything. Uh, so yeah, I think that's it for this edition of the podcast. Unless there's anything you guys want to add. Nope. 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 I'm good. All right. Well, uh, as always, thank you very much for listening. Uh, 
Support the site by buying t-shirts because they're very nice t-shirts and you would look good in them. Support the site by reading everything that we do, following us on our various social media channels, uh, and get to commenting. We really want to start building up a community on our site, and comments are a good way to do it, whether it's just stuff you think about the team, stuff you think after you read stuff, stuff you think after you listen to the podcast, anything. Like, let's have a good time online, you know? Uh, again, thanks for listening. For Kevin Fay, for Nick Pollock, I am Bill DeFilippo. Take care, y'all. Produce he lives.